Smith, and you're listening to Liquid Sunshine with my main man, Martin Blot. He plays the best funk, the best disco, the best boogaloo and beats, you know, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Hello Groovers, welcome to the Liquid Sunshine, yes welcome to the Liquid Sunshine Discotheque, it's the radio show on the face radio that brings you every week the best deep funk rear groove disco and beat, with me Martin Flots, I'm your host for tonight, I'm your host, well every show, <laughs> and you know what, it's the last show of 2022. Got another super special show for you tonight. We're going to have a chat, a chat, with an awesome, awesome Australian band called Supermassive. And I hear you ask, who's Supermassive? Well, you should know them because they are really, really wonderful. And we're going to have a bit of a chat with them. In, in, but just to introduce them to you, I'm going to play their latest single. It's called I Like It, because you know what? I like it indeed. Here it is. Thank you. 
All right, you've just been uh, listening to Supermassive with I Like It. Uh, I really, uh, really enjoy this track. Uh, it's the uh, latest single from Supermassive, and I'm uh, even more excited to say that um, uh, part of Supermassive is in the studio with me, uh, Glenn Abbott and uh, uh, Melanie. Malina. Malina. Malina Hamilton Smith, uh, who form a supermassive, uh, are with me here. Hello, Glenn. Uh, hello, Malina. Hello, I'm Martin. Martin. Pleased to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having wonderful, us. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, now, um, you, um, for the audience that uh, doesn't know Supermassive, mm-hmm. uh, and, but who should know Supermassive, yeah, um, tell me about you. Who are you? What's, what's your background? Well, we're uh, a band that we originally started in Sydney in Australia, yep. and we've moved uh, to the Gold Coast, uh, the sunny Gold Coast, and uh, we, uh, like a, we're, I suppose the best way, we're an electronic, funky, disco yep. rock band, I suppose. Um, we like to mash all those sort of elements together. Um, and it's yeah, it's just a, it's it has its, it definitely has its own sound. Um, you know, that's that's probably the best way to describe because mm. so many people say, "Who do you sound like?" I'm like, "Oh God, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't want to sound like anyone. I want to sound like us." Yeah. So um, the best way is, is you know, super massive is us. And if anyone heard it, you know, sometimes people say, "Oh, you know, this band, we don't sound like anyone." You can listen to a track and go. Sounds a fair bit like the Chili Peppers to me. You know, <laughs> but I'd, I'd love to know if someone can hear something in there. Please let us know because I'd, I'd love to. I can't spot it myself, but yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's very nice uh, to think that you have a really good mix of sounds in uh, in there. You don't sound like one band. In fact, you know, there you can hear all lots of different bands in there. What was it old saying that if you sound like twenty bands, that's your influence. If you sound like one, that's plagiarism. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, an old saying. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's that's what it is. And yeah, yeah. um, so what 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 we'll do for today is well um, is we're going to listen to a few tracks that have influenced uh, both of you in in uh, making the music for Supermassive and um, listening to the, those tracks myself I think it's it's a really good indication of, of what you sound like not individually but all meshed together yep. so maybe we can start off with uh, with Firecracker um, uh, which of you chose Firecracker? Oh, I chose that, Look, I, I love that track, it just has uh, it kind of has like a it, a dirty sort of sleazy groove to it, <laughs> and it's just, it's just, you know, it's one of those tracks that you just think, oh, man, how could you not dance to this track? Mm, as mm. soon as you hear it, it just has that, that something that just goes, you know, like you know, yeah, you got to dance to this track. Yeah. It's just so funky. Uh, it is funky indeed, yeah. uh, and it's one of the uh, a number of funky tracks that, that you've chosen, but you've chosen. Uh, funk, disco, and and more modern electronic grooves as well. So it's yeah. it's really interesting. But let's play Firecracker first. Sure. Thank you. 
that is such an awesome track. Um, I really, uh, I really like how uh, we've got both the thumping groove of the bass um, and just that funky drums underneath it. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, it's a snare that really is is pushing it through. That's that's the way, the hook that you can hold on to. I think. Yeah, yeah. and then you got all those really nice little clav things going on in the little runs oh, in the background. You just yeah. kind of go, yeah, you know, when all the elements just all come together and you just go, that's pretty much perfect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's also a huge amount of space in the in the track. Um, you know, it's space for lots of other elements that you could mm. put in there, but are not quite necessary. Uh, yeah. Yeah, love it. Uh, absolutely love it. Mm. Um, so tell me, what's um, uh, for both of you? What's what's your musical background? What's what your how how did you get into music? I um I went on a really circuitous path into music. Um, yeah. I didn't do a lot when I was young. I didn't get a chance to learn an instrument, although I I wanted to. I begged my parents, and they said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always loved. Uh, in my family, we used to just dance and sing in the kitchen um, when Mum was cooking. So we'd have the radio on, and I would listen yeah. to. And I would, I'd always like record and um, play back, and you know, press play, rewind, learn all the words to all the, every song that was on the radio. So I sort of had this pop music kind of background as a listener. And then later on, I wanted to play something. I, I started playing bass and I was in a, a band, um, a bit of a thrashy sort of power pop band yeah. play, as the bass player. Um, and at the same time, I always, that love of dance that I'd had in my family, I was also dancing, doing a lot of yeah. dancing in clubs and in a dance group. And, and I started feeling a bit um, kind of... I was a bit mute playing bass and dancing. Yeah. I felt like I had things I wanted to say and ideas because I also am a bit of a writer. I, yeah. I went to uh, uni and studied um, English and writing and always liked expressing things through words and poetic sort of things. So I started wanting to sing and write Yeah. and then um, that sort of evolved over time. And then when I met Glenn, I started, um, I'd started doing like open mics and singing some of my own songs. And then when he asked me to actually join his band, his old band, um, the Brian Free Sexual Experience, I started dancing with him and then featuring and doing some lead vocals. And then that sort of actually led into Supermassive. Mm. Um, um, so my background's more in, in the performing arts in terms of dance, acting um, and and then playing bass and and then I ca- and writing and then I came into actually coming out the front as a front person and singing yeah. that yeah. was the last bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, and how about you Glenn uh, I, I was uh, I come from a family of like four and I was the youngest and by a fair bit my bro- my oldest brother's about nearly 10 years older than me yeah and his brother and got a brother under him which is like nine uh, eight years younger uh, sorry older than me and so I had uh, I had older brothers who had who were kind of in their teens a bit you know when I was starting to listen to music when I was in like five and stuff like that or four or five and they always had like uh, David Bowie records and stuff like that in the house and Led Zeppelin and all these sort of uh, all the sort of music that you know normally as a five year old your mum and dad my mum and dad certainly never listened to that sort of music. But my brothers did, so I, you know, as I've listened to like you know, the Diamond Dogs album and Fame, you know, from you know Bowie's mm. Fame, like really groovy, funky stuff. That said, though, Mum and Dad used to have like um, used to love KC and the Sunshine Band. That was sort of like their party <laughs> record. They used to sort of pull out, and I always loved all those that uh, KC uh, mm. best of, and those tunes are funky as you know. They are indeed. Yeah, and that was like you know real disco stuff, you know, and. Um, 
So I, I had a, a, a real strong interest in music from a young age, which my parents sort of picked up on. And Dad got me a drum kit when I was five years old and I started playing when I was five. Um, did the usual thing, had lessons and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then started playing in, uh, started playing and jamming with people. Um, when I was oh, my early teens, you know, mum would, we used to have like a small Volkswagen, pack up all my drums in this Volkswagen <laughs> Beetle. And he'd you know, drop me to someone's house and I'd jam with them the day for a day. And then um, my other brother, eventually he said, I used to, you know, we should join a band together. So my brother plays bass guitar. And we joined, I think I was like 13 at the time, joined like this new wave band. It was mm-hmm. like, and it was kind of, it was kind of weird because everyone was older than me. Everyone, everyone had driver's license and they were 21. And I was about 13 and and around that era, <laughs> around that era of, um, of people used to sort of dress up to go to rehearsals. Like, so I go to these rehearsal studios and these guys would be wearing like makeup and their new wave gear. And I was like a 13 year old school kid, mm. still kind of feeling like, I don't know if I've grown into this yet. You know, I kind of don't feel like I'm justified to be <laughs> dressing up this sort of, you know, this sort of stuff. So I always felt a little uh, intimidated by that stuff, I suppose, kind of. But the one thing I had going for me is I could really play my ass off mm. and and people would be like oh who's, who's this kid playing with us and I said oh don't worry about him he, he can play and then they'd be like far out man you can play you know um, so I sort of enjoyed that and I think it's like I think a lot of guys when they join bands as well they also do it because they you know want to meet women and stuff like that and mm. this is a, a hilarious story um the first gig I ever played was a New Eve party, and I was about fourteen, probably by about this time. And this guy who had this band, this new new wave band together, said, "Oh, we're playing a New Eve at my house. You know, is it okay?" My, you know, my mum and dad said, "Well, you know, you're going with your brother. It'll be fine." So we played this party, and <laughs> we played this party in the stroke of midnight. You know, everyone's congratulating. And back then, everyone, you know, before way before COVID, everyone's sort of like kissing each other and stuff like that. You know, happy news and stuff like that. And he had this guy's wife sort of bailed me up outside and like totally just <laughs> grabbed me. It's just like, like I mean, like passionately kissing me. And I was like gobsmacked and I was just like, man, sign me up for a bit more of this. <laughs> and that's probably where it just really went, you know. And that never looked back. Never looked back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, the, the the music of of Supermassive is 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 really nice mix of of funk and disco and um, electronic beats. Uh, yeah, uh, it fits in really well with Liquid Sunshine. My catch cry is that uh, we play the best deep funk, rare groove, disco and beats. Exactly what Supermassive is is all about as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So maybe um, uh, now we've played a, a really nice funky track. We can move on to a bit more discoy track as well. Um, yeah. Uh, you chose uh, a Diana Ross track. Uh, we did. It's yeah. Diana Ross, but it's Diana Ross with chic. <laughs> so you've got Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards, yeah. and um, this. Yeah, I've always loved this song. It's my favourite Diana Ross song. Mm. Um, and when we we're actually writing um, I Like It, which you played before, yeah. um, there was definitely a Diana Ross sort of reference in our minds. Mm. Um, it was That song was a bit of a homage to the kind of thing that Sheik used to do and then they brought that to other artists. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of hear that in this track, yeah. both elements. What, what, do you, what do you like about the Diana Ross track, this, this particular track, the Love Hangover track? 
It's very sexy. <laughs> I love the dynamics yes. of it. Yeah. Um, one thing that we do um, is try to ha- make our music pretty dynamic. Yeah. So um, some of our songs really we take you on a journey from mm. you know like just through the dynamic range and. Um, I like the fact that it starts out kind of sexy and soft and then it picks up and mm. really is really, you know, you can dance to it. It's, um, a, it's a pretty pumping track mm. once it starts going. Once it gets it's, going. It's, it's really slow at, at the beginning. Yeah. But her performance of all the sighing and all of the – I just love her performance in her – Diana Ross is just yeah. – so, And it's a funny turnaround, is it? Because it has this – I mean, on its own right, the intro is really sort of just mm. sort of slow and grooving. Yeah. And then that um, you know, that that part where it just comes out of nowhere, where the the, the snare drum and the string lines go dun 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 dun, dun and the and the congas kick in. That's and the right. Big chorus go, yeah. vocals oh, here coming. we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's really weird as well because indeed that second part is is a really strong dance track. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. But the first part is you don't really know what to do. You, you know, if you play it, if you were to play it out, uh, you know, in the disco, you just stand around on the dance floor. You, you, <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. know what to do with that bit. That's right, yeah. It's a bit just of performance art, that m- bit. Move a little bit awkwardly. <laughs> that, that kind of yeah. But then again, I mean, dance, disco music has, cha- has changed a lot. Like now it's just got to be like don't let the beat stop from track to track, you know, like in, in That's correct. modern clubs where um, I suppose I used to do that a little bit back then, you know, but, yeah, I, I kind of – that little bit of space probably wasn't such a bad thing back then, I suppose, if you're in – Studio Fifty Four or something like that. Yeah, you probably had plenty of stuff to look at and entertain yourself. Yeah, after the beat kicked in. <laughs> well, I, I think sonically, as you say, dynamic range is really important. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, uh, I, I'm not a. Um, well, I like you know dance music. Uh, I prefer to focus on on the bass rather than the kick drum mm. um, because it just leaves a lot more space and, yep. and melody is better than just, uh, just yeah. a thumping track I yeah. suppose. And, and, and the popular thing with modern dance music now is like in like with uh, considering uh, old stuff is in your chorus everything could seem to pick up somewhat when you hit your chorus where a lot of the times now they'll have those in modern dance music they'll, they'll have a dropout they'll actually pull the drums out that's correct and they'll just blast the synths and yeah. the and the female singer or male singer whoever who is doing the track that seems to blast and they sort of pull everything back a bit yeah. and then they sort of build it up yeah, yeah, yeah build yeah, it to yeah, the yeah. drop in yeah. there yeah, yeah. <laughs> every every good EDM track has got a good drop in it that's as it. well yeah yeah all right, well, let's let's play Love Hangover. I've got the full version, uh, seven minutes. We'll we'll see how far we get into that. Uh, but it's, uh, I, I agree, it's it's a great track uh, just for the dynamic range in itself. Mm.
Yeah, another absolute banger there. It's such a good track. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and a disco track. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Now, just correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, the first track that we played, the funk track, uh, it really was a snare that was pushing it along. And here the focus was on the, um, uh, on the hi-hat, really. Mm. Um, uh, my my current theory is, uh, and I've got lots of music theories that I pull out of my head. But my current theory is that, you know, funk uh, it was all focused on the bass. Uh, oh, sorry, on the on the snare, and that gave uh, uh, gave the kick drum um, all, all these off beats that, that that made it funky. Mm. And disco was really focused on on the hi hat to push it along. Um, yeah. But. Am I making this up? What, what as a drummer, what's what's your perspective? Oh, on look, this? the the, the, the hi hat definitely made it funky. Uh, like like dis like gave it that. That's what the, the disco edge was, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like a lot of tracks with the, with the bass drum isn't pushed at all. But yeah, that sort of it, it, it's yeah it's funny if you, you it, when they used to compress they um do the tracks years ago they used to compress the tracks mm. particularly in disco a hell of a lot and. Sometimes you, you you think oh it's a snare in there, but if you took it out, yeah, um, like you could probably get away with if like even when we've, we've done it live, if if my bass drum pedal say broke, um, if yeah, it's actually it's a very good question you run. If, if my bass <laughs> drum if my bass drum pedal broke, I could I could still manage to get through the track, playing sixteenth notes on the hi hat and keeping the snare going on yeah uh, on the on the two and four, um. If my hi hats for whatever reason broke, mm. and I was just going boom ta boom ta, it would feel like I was playing halftime. So yeah. It wouldn't have that. So if I, if my if my bass drum was wasn't in the picture, but I was just yeah playing hi hats and snare, you could get through the track and it sound sure it sound a little a little different, but um, you would certainly get through it if your hi hat and snare dropped out for it and you're just playing bass drum, it would sound pretty raw. Yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the next development that that takes place in in dance music, then uh, with the electronic music, is where the focus gets on the kick drum. Yeah. And the kick drum becomes the driving force. Yeah. Uh, as you now get in the electronic dance music. Yeah. Um, and and but that loses a little bit of the of the funky edge to it. I For think. sure. And yeah. look, you don't look. Is it uh, dead dead mouse or dead mouse? Whatever. You dead call mouse. It? Yeah. Yeah. I was reading. A, um, I was watching a. Uh, an interview with him and I I didn't place as much importance in it but he absolutely painstakingly looks at his kick drum sound like he just said oh the, yeah. the, the, the whole track has to have the right kick drum sound if it doesn't and I'm thinking God I don't put that much I don't put that much thought in my kick drum sound but then again <laughs> I don't write that style yeah, of music yeah. But he was like he painstakingly says if, if I don't can't start the track with that right the mm. track just won't float, um, which I, I find that I find that hard uh, to comprehend myself because I think but there's so many other more elements in the track than just the kick drum. Well, uh, uh, if I if I look at that as a club DJ, uh, the sound of the kick drum is incredibly important. There are plenty of tracks that uh, that I would like playing, uh, but I do, that I don't because. The kick drum is not is is not correct. Uh, one of my bugbears is that the kick drum where it there's a long sustain to it and it just muddles everything out. Uh, yeah, right. So I can I can imagine that that the kick drum sound is is really important because th- it is the main sound in the in yeah. dance music nightclub dance yeah. music. 
Yeah. So how about how about okay? I'll throw I'll throw a scenario at you as a DJ. Right. Okay. So if you had the old the old um, uh, Run DMC track, which uh, I'll, uh, what's it called? Um, is it not, not? Now I'm thinking I like it. Um, it's not. What's it, Dean? It's um, like run, that. It's the way it is. That, it's like that's that. The, yeah, yeah. Now that's got a real a real afterburner of a of a kick drum. Goes boom, boom, yeah. Boom, boom. Would a DJ not necessarily play that because it has that real like it's almost like the the bass drum carries over to the next hit a strike that's, the, that's correct yeah, yeah. Um, so if it was in electronic form if it was if it was more modern um, yeah. uh, I, I probably wouldn't play it because I, I don't like that continuous kick drum sound yeah right yeah um, Run DMC gets away with it, and that's uh, I think part of it is is the eighties recording sound. Right. Um, so it's 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 not as prevalent in the overall sound. Yeah. Um, I'm not not certain whether that's a matter of compression or not. That happens with with modern sounds that are generated in the box. Um, yeah. So that it's it, it it just muddles everything up. I think. Mm. But you're quite right. That's exactly the sound that. I think electronic music artists should avoid where it just runs over into one kick drum, uh, runs over into the next one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because when we, I, I like to record live drums as well on our super massive stuff. Yeah, but I find that we always have to double up on the kick. Yeah. So I'll have the natural kick as well in there. Yeah. But I definitely have to beef it up. Yeah. With yeah. like a dance kick underneath it, just to give it that sort of fatness. To yeah. s- otherwise, it just sounds a little bit too. Uh, a real kit doesn't have that a sound of, of an electronic drum. That's, or, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. you just yeah. got to give it some that bit of extra something, you know. Uh, and I think I think you have to do it now because all our ears are just used to that fat True. sound. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and so, if you listen to a lot of the uh, the old disco tracks, they don't have that really fat, no. uh, fat drum sound. Yeah. Uh, simply because you know they couldn't record it and they didn't have the electronic sounds. Yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, we were talking about bass uh, before. You know, it it all carries about the bass. You're a bass player. Um, uh, and <laughs> um, super massive. Um, you're a three piece at the moment. Yep. Without a bass player, we are, and I'm not going to take up the bass. <laughs> <It's super massive. laughs> well, no, uh, you want to be the. I'm not the, the disco bass. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. It'd be hard to sing our songs and play the bass. Yeah. It'd be so polyrhythmic in terms of the syncopation and what have you. Yeah, it, I mean, you can learn that, but then I like to dance and yeah. engage the audience more. So it's better. It's better if we have somebody else playing bass rather than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, what's what would be uh, the elements that you're looking for in a, in a bass player for Supermassive, and and particularly, you know, focusing on on the disco side of of bass? Yeah, that's pretty crucial. Um, if if someone's never played disco sort of funk, it, it's hard for them to pull off. Yeah, our songs and our sound. Um, it's pretty critical to to us. I mean, um, it's a it's a funny thing because. You can always gauge some bass players, you know, if, um, by their influences, you know. And I know I'm sort of on the right track when someone I says, "Oh, I like you know, I like, I like a lot of funk and disco in in my in a, in a good bass player." And so if, if someone says, "Yeah, yeah, I've been a big fan of Bernard Edwards, yeah, from Chic," yeah, you kind of go, you kind of go, right now, you kind of go, hang on, <laughs> you're a, you're now a contender, yeah, yeah, yeah. because. Uh, you know, um, when you get someone who says, "Who? No, I've, I've never, I've never heard of him." And you can kind of, when you sort of have a, when you play with them, you kind of go, "Yeah, you haven't really, yeah, 
you know, listened to a lot of funk and disco stuff. Mm. You know? I mean, he's just and and look, cool thing about him, he he, he was um, he did sure he did all that chic stuff, um, but after that, he also uh, did the Power Station. Yeah, he, he produced the Power Station, I should say, and so he, that was a lot heavier and a lot rockier as well. Like it was still funky, don't get me wrong. But so he he did morph into that other that other area, you know, into the into the eighties where where it did sort of have that you know rock and funk sort of thing. And yeah. um, as you know, Duran Duran were massive Chic fans, you know. And, and, That's um, right. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's, it's, and and even um, the bass player from Duran Duran unashamedly says, you know, Bernard Edwards was just my you know favorite bass player of all time. Yeah, and he does his best to try to have that sort of sound, you know. I mean. He's not Bernard Edwards, but I mean, still, I mean, hey, I'd love to have Duran Duran's back catalogue. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Duran Duran because that's 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 a nice segue to to the next track that I would like to play, which is really more um, uh, with stepping into the electronic side of the funk. Um, mm. You chose two tracks, um, one by Cerrone, one by Giorgio Moroder. Um, uh, very similar in, in, oh, yeah. in one kind of way, yeah. yeah. Um, both incredible tracks. Um, yeah. uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to play the uh, play the Giorgio um, um, uh, Moroder track, "The Chase." Um, mm. it, it's slightly less uh, well known than than the surround track, but you know you can't miss it. Um, um, they're both I- incredible tracks. Um, I did a program about uh, Cosmic Disco a little while ago. Uh, mm. uh, I love this sound. Uh, it's really good. It's it's um, y- you can hear house developing in that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's not quite there yet. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, I like the sound of it as well. I think. Oh, I think also as well. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but how did you discover? How did you discover this track? I know how I, I discovered it through. Um, um, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, the is it something? Um, the movie. What was that movie? The big movie that was the, the track was off. Uh, the, the the drug smuggling guy who got caught in Turkey. Uh, yeah, I, I I know. I know which one. Midnight, you Midnight Express. Express? Yeah. I knew it was <laughs> Midnight something. Midnight yeah. Express. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard it on Midnight Express when you heard that 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 sort of effect come off and he, and he's doing that chase scene, yeah. which is the song's called Chase from yeah. the Chase scene, and you just kind of go, man, yeah. what is this I'm listening? When you hear it at, at big volume, you know, like in a cinema, mm, mm. it was just like it left such an impression on you. Yeah. You know, like I, agree. I, I know they said that about um, when Bowie was recording one of his albums and um, and they heard. Moroder was in the studio doing um, "I Feel Love," and the and the producer I think uh, at the time walked in and uh, had said, "God, I've just heard the future of music." <laughs> you know, when right. he heard that, the same was with that. When yeah. I heard that, you kind of just go, mm. "That sounds like nothing else." You know, like around you think about around the time, the biggest bands in the world were the Stones, the Eagles. Mm. You know, these were like you know, still your staple of sort of soft rock, rock and roll. Yeah, but when that sort of synth funky sort of synth it's just like no cats doing this no it it it, it, it ties in very nicely with uh, with the crowd rock development that oh, took yeah. place in the early 70s yeah. um and uh they uh very consciously so bands like Kraftwerk, uh, they really consciously rejected 
all the uh, uh, previous paradigms and wanted to create something new. Yeah. And that's what you, uh, you're quite right. That's what you hear in these tracks as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's have a listen to yeah. Chase.
You're listening to Liquid Sunshine on the Face Radio, the soul of Brooklyn. That is a pretty amazing track. It is the future. Well, in the past, the future from the past. Yes, I know. It's, uh, you, you hear that stuff and you, you people were really, you know, when the year 2000 was coming, people always had this, oh, no, the year 2000 is coming, got a, the future is going to be so big and bold. I remember seeing <laughs> an interview with David Bowie saying, oh, what a disappointment that, that people didn't keep on going and taking it further. It was kind yeah. of got to 2000 and went, eh. <laughs> you know, people are thinking, we've got to move towards the year 3000 because it's such a long way away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, uh, like musically, uh, you know, a, lo- a lot has happened in the last 50 years. Um, mm. uh, I still think there's there's really interesting developments taking place in music. Mm. But there is um, uh, sometimes it, uh, it, it's nice to be able to get all those uh, influences and mesh them together, I suppose, like yep. you guys do with, with Supermassive. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, what we haven't spoken about uh, a huge amount is the electronic influence, mm. um, um, ele- both electronic and uh, and rocky influence, um, because there is a certain rock element too, isn't there? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm. With, um, I think it would be impossible not to have it in there and, and growing up in Australia, I mean Australia, the, yeah. through particularly through the the seventies, like the seventies um, and eighties, it was just such a, a, um, a staple of you know the pub rock sound, you know, and yeah. ACDC yeah. and all this sort of stuff. It was just, I mean, it's kind of like in your DNA yeah. as an Australian that, yeah. you've, that you've had exposure to rock and roll or rock music, I should say. And um, so it's definitely it's definitely in there. And the one thing you one thing that rock has, has really sort of carved out from a band point of view is the energy of rock and roll. Mm, mm. You know, at, um, and if you add that energy to that energy of rock and roll to dance music, well, it sort of takes on its own kind of beast as well, you know. Yeah. It becomes, um, you know, exhilarating, this visceral, you know. That's right. Lifts yeah. you up. Yeah. And, and, and like, and, and the electronic element, um, I suppose that had a big influence on in me definitely when I was. In high school, yeah, and um, you know, the biggest influence I had on me is that w- when you're growing up, people would say to you, "Oh, you know, it was like a foregone conclusion that people would say, oh, the best bands in the world, Stones, the Eagles, and stuff yeah. like that." And yeah. and yeah, they've written great songs, but um, when New Wave was coming through, and I was hearing The Cure, mm. you know, the psychedelic Furs, um, and some of these other sort of synth-based bands. You're kind of going. I've never heard anything like this before, and it was kind of like, for as far as um, you know, your, your culture for your era. Yeah, it was like it was brand new. Simmons drums, you know, mm. these were like brand new sounds, and it was kind of like rewriting music completely. Yeah. Like where you'd have all, you know, generally it was two guys playing Telecasters and a bass guitar, you know, maybe a, a piano player. You have a band might have two or three synth craft work. Yeah. Two or three synth plays and stuff like that, you know, and you're kind of going, "This is not the use," you know, and I'm I'm kind of digging the fact that it's not the use and it's and it's music for my my era, my generation, and um, you sort of like really em- embrace that, and that, I sort of ran with it. Where people are still saying, "Oh, the Stones are the best band in the world," I'm thinking, "Yeah, they are a good band, absolutely, they're a great band," yeah. but I'm thinking. But this other stuff, I've I've never heard anything like it, and 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 there's just so many more layers and textures you can get out of a synthesizer, yeah, than 
a distorted guitar. Yes. You know, and it was just... And that's a major part of it is because we use sort of multi-layers of synths so you can create whole soundscapes using all of these different electronic textures Mm. that gives you so many more voicings than just bass, guitar, drums, keyboard. You know, having this huge world of different sounds. Yeah. Just unleashes your creativity so each song can just have its all uh, exist within its own world of sound, you know, from one song to another, you can have different blends of different textures. Yeah. So it's, you know, so, uh, creatively uh, uh, Was that similar for you as well, uh, again, growing up in, in Australia, to be influenced by the rock sides? Uh, because I, I, I like how you say it, it creates the energy. That's coming from sort of the dancer's perspective. You know, yeah. I danced for years and I loved, I mean, I really got into trip hop because it'd be bands like Massive Attack yeah. that just were so deep, you know, karma, coma, this sort of, you feel it in your guts, the way it makes you move. And yeah. I, I did a lot of African dance and a lot of Brazilian, Afro, Haitian, trance. I, I The dance styles I did were not your typical jazz, modern, mm. contemporary. It was kind of world dance styles that really were using the African beats and the Afro, mm. the sort of trancey stuff that you find in trip hop and um, stuff that's meant to really take you to take you to another, you know, into another state almost. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I sort of really got into the sort of trip hop and the electronic stuff through that and Portishead and other bands. And then we have a shared interest in a lot of stuff like, basement jacks and all that you know yeah. it might be more fun <laughs> but you know good luck is like this incredible song and all the yeah it's um yeah there's there's oh where do we, we keep going on and on we love depeche mode yeah and the way they play live they make it really swampy and um <laughs> so i'm always thinking you know I, I listen to the music but i feel it and i dance to it as well so i really you know that, yeah what it brings is this is visceral that for, thing. Is that for you the connection with the um, uh, with the funk and 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 bo- both the funk and and the house music then as well the the dance? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. definitely from it. This band, everything always comes from the the. Uh, Glenn says I I write the drum part last, but he's already got the drum part in his head. So in a way, you know, every song <laughs> starts with some kind of groove, and yeah. it's funny because Glenn might be working on a new idea. And um, one of our tracks, we haven't released it yet, but it might be one of our next singles and we love it. And it's got the this really cool groove that really just so infectious. Yeah. You want to dance. And yeah. Glenn was working on it in the, the room, our little music room, and I was out in the hallway and I found myself just dancing like crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I like this one. <laughs> you know? And that's the thing. And, and for a while there, years ago, um, we were living in Glenn's father's place yeah. and um, and his dad would go, oh, that one you're working on today, that's got a good beat. And <laughs> yeah, we go, okay, yeah. yeah, we know that's a winner. Yeah. And even the dog, your old dog, yeah. the dog would sit there, you, the eminent <laughs> critic, Jack the Staffy Terrier, he used to sit there. He's not a, not with us anymore, but he used to sit there and if he, get he knew up and if leave. he he'd he'd get up like and it. leave if the song wasn't up to his standard. <laughs> so, you know, we always definitely pick – I will – Glenn writes the music first and then if I'm really feeling it's really grabbing me and it's making me want to dance, then I'll, yeah. I'll be more inclined to then work up the the vocal part, the melody and the lyrics. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that tend to get off the ground is mm. the fastest. It's a funny thing they've wrote. Like if I'm, if, uh, if I'm writing like a disco track, a disco style track, it always has like a happy sort of up, up vibe beat to it. Yeah. Now, if I'm writing a track that starts off, which is more of a synth track, 
I don't know why, but it's so easy to write dark, <laughs> moody stuff with synthesizers. Do, yeah, right. it, just, it just lends itself to, like even the Moroder track you played. Yeah, there's even a, an element of, well, that song Chase of, of you know of suspense mm. and fear and and, and yeah. you know like it, it just it's just so easy to write that style of music with synthesizers if you start using your synthesizer first instead of going. Oh, I'm going to base it around this this baseline. This is so cool. This baseline, and then you then you it just molds its way to. Well, this is a happy track, and this is, you know, and we really do have almost two sets. You know, we almost got a, mm. a set of our happier stuff, and the stuff we could easily do is our dark stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and yeah, just recently we played um, up at Cairns at Cairns Festival for closing yeah. night, and they wanted up happy, you know, mm. party vibe, and then in November we're doing um, a dark wave festival. You're Satan's right. nightclub up yeah. in Brisbane and Ipswich, yeah, with all dark wave acts. So we can sort of <laughs> skew our set. You know, we can skew it rockier. We can skew it more electronic. We can make it dancier. We can make it up and happy disco, and then we can make it darker and get into EBM yeah. and that trancier side that's more kind of ravey almost. So we just pull it in different directions depending on. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah that's pretty awesome. Mm. Now. Um, um, uh, we've heard the funk, we've heard the disco, we've heard the electronic side. Um, uh, another track that uh, you chose was a Scissor Sister, Sisters track. Try saying that really fast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, what's what's uh, what's interesting uh, interesting about that track? Who chose that? Both me. I yeah. love that track. Yeah. I love it more than Glenn. He'd pick a different one, but I chose that one. <laughs> we both love the Scissor Sisters yeah. a lot, and we're absolutely desolate that they won't put out more albums. But anyway, yeah. maybe they will. Let's hope they do. Um, and that track, I just love it. We saw them live, yeah. and that was the absolute highlight of the concert. Yeah. It just went to another level. Just something, the song itself, it's sort of sad and happy. It's sort of uplifting, but it's also really, it's bittersweet. It's... I don't know, just for me, it pushes some emotional buttons. It almost makes me want to cry when I hear it, but I feel happy. I love it. And Carlos Alomar played the guitar and he played with Bowie. And it just, I don't know. Yeah. Just they for some read. reason touches me. You, you talked about the head, the heart and the hips. Yes. Yeah, that one hits me in the heart button. Yes. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, I, think they're Good. I think they're from New York, so hope, hopefully they're listening. Oh, we'd love they to They should reform <laughs> and you should get us to support you because probably your biggest fans. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, it's, it's interesting that you say uh, that, you're, that you're biggest fans. I, I think sonically there's a lot of uh, similarity uh, as well uh, and not, you know, not – that you do, as you said earlier, in the um, that you know, if you s sound like one band, it's plagiarism. You don't, mm. you don't sound like one band, but you can hear the influence of Scissor Scissors in uh, mm. in Supermassive, I think. And it's all that that combination of funk and disco and electronic, but also the rocky side to yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah. even some of their influences, I think, might be similar to ours. Like they mm. obviously have an Elton John influence, and we really admire. The songwriting and you know the work of Elton John as well, yeah. and that's a whole different kettle of fish. But you hear it in that song in in Lights. You hear the yeah. sort of Elton Johnny style piano, and one of our songs, Invertebrate, which I think we were writing around that so time. Our chorus goes into that sort of a feel. Yeah, yeah. And so you sort of find a parallel there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's let's play the track.
Yeah, not a great choice there. Sister, sisters. Uh, um, and I still can't pronounce it properly. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a, a great band all around. Like Supermassive is a great uh, band. Um, now, uh, we're going to sort of wrap it up. But there's just one thing that we need to address, of course, as well. And that's your video clip for I Like It, which is doing amazingly well around the world on the, um, on the film festivals. Tell me about that. Ah, yes. Well, we... Yeah, I like it. Um, the video came together so well. We we were just thrilled with the response it got. It's, yeah. uh, and um, a lot of people said they found it funny and entertaining. Yeah. And, and we just had that gut feeling of like, because uh, in Australia there's not many places to see videos, you know, there's yeah. kind of rage or not many other outlets. And I just had this nagging feeling that, I'd like more people to see this. So we thought, oh, submit it for a few film festivals. And straight away it just got picked up. Like the first one was the uh, Cannes International Short Film Festival, picked yeah. it up for official selection. And then there's been about six now, um, mm. one after the other. It's about to screen uh, in Port Douglas at Port Shorts. And it's been picked up, um, oh, it's just been shortlisted uh, for the International Sound and Film Music Awards, which... Um, that Croatia, that's, is that uh, what? Uh, there, there yeah, is? yeah, in yeah. Croatia, and that's that's the one and only uh, festival that's actually dedicated to sound in film. Um, yeah, and um, so that that you know that's quite a thrill to be. And it won the Mount Mount Vesuvius yeah, best music video Mount Vesuvius film festival in Italy, <laughs> <laughs> and it just got picked up of all places in Chile for the Santiago uh, Horror Film Festival because they like things that are left field and unique and different, yeah. not just horror. They actually go beyond that. So, yeah. Because yeah, it's far from horror. It's, it's, it's not horror at it's, all. It's, 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 it's funny and it's engaging and it uh, makes you want to watch the whole, uh, whole clip and hear the whole song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's that sort of thing that it, it came together just really strangely because we – we were stuck um, at home in isolation through COVID, like yeah. so everybody was, and we wanted to make a video. And um, it was just one of those things that, you know, they say that necessity is the mother of invention. We was, yeah. we were just, Our house just luckily is full of really – it's a retro beach house sort of vibe with crazy <laughs> wallpaper. And um, on the spot, we yeah. just came up with this idea of Glenn being this – Psychiatrist, Doctor S. Massive, a lecherous psychiatrist. psychiatrist who specialises in unusual <laughs> sexual fetishes, <laughs> and then um, and then myself and Tia, who plays guitar in the band, um, also we call him the Disco Jesus. He sometimes known as the Sexy Jesus, <laughs> and uh, he's he's the sex symbol in the band now. I think. Anyway, uh, he he looks like Jesus, but yeah. he's yeah. Disco Jesus. And, um, and so we all ended up kind of clients of Dr. Massive. And we wanted to include everyone who'd uh, sung on the track or played on the track because yeah. we had about 12 friends who who contributed to it because there's right. a whole crowd of people going, I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. <laughs> it's a call and answer thing that originally Glenn wanted to do at festivals. It's like, let's write a song where we can call something out and the audience calls it back. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And um, that's where it originated. But it turned into this thing that's really fun at all the gigs now. But also we ended up with a dozen friends singing on the recording to create that crowd. So we asked them to send us tapes. So we're all stuck at home in isolation. So people just had to do selfie videos and send them to of themselves dancing and singing along to the song. Yeah. And um and then we thought, how do we bring this together? So we ended up making it like they were like 
uh, you know, a video doctor call, you know, like uh, having video <laughs> consultations through <laughs> S- Skype or Teams or, you know. So um, that was how we could use all this footage that was just like mobile phone footage and the quality wasn't high. Yeah. So once we put on a laptop screen and had a psychiatrist watching it there, it all worked okay. So yeah. it came together so much better than we hoped by having all these people send us footage. And yeah. We, yeah. And it, and it's uh, yeah, it ended up really funny. It's just lewd nineteen seventies comedy humor. And because and because it was a mockumentary through, comedy. <laughs> and because it was through COVID, we actually had time to do it. Yeah. It, it it's the one thing that yeah. everyone's so time poor. When someone says, You just stay home and we'll pay you to stay home, it's just like, Cool, okay, well we can do this, but we can let's do this. We've got time to make this clip now. You yeah. Know? And yeah. Uh, that was that was the beauty of it really. Mm, uh, it advantage of, of COVID. It yeah. was. Well it has to there's got to be some bonus out of it. That's and, right. and look and also as well it was um we decided to submit it to some of these um film uh, other festivals and stuff like that because probably like a lot of bands kicking around. We kind of had had the hometown blues a bit where people were like, eh, we play it. No, And other people are going, this is unreal. And we thought, well, we think it's unreal too, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so yeah. to all the people who didn't play, it's a great screw you. <laughs> <laughs> screw you. Yeah. But it is, uh, it is an awesome clip. So for everyone uh, who's listening and hasn't seen the clip yet, um, I think it's on YouTube. It right? is on it YouTube. Is, yeah. yeah, super massive. I like it. Yeah, and you'll find it. It's hilarious. Uh, and the track, uh, as you heard earlier in the show, is fantastic too. Uh, I've played it before on the show, uh, maybe even more than once because it is it is a great track. <laughs> now, um, you guys have got to go to a sound check uh, for yes. your show tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, absolutely wonderful to have you in the studio. Oh, so glad to be thank asked. Martin, it's <laughs> awesome. been an absolute pleasure. Thank awesome. You. Um, now uh, we'll finish off with a um, uh, uh, with a super massive track. Uh, which one would you like to play? Now we talked about our funk stuff and our synthesized stuff. Now this track still has that sort of funk, uh, not uh, disco. So it's, it's, it still has like dance sort of stuff. It's not obviously not high tempo dance stuff, but it certainly features um, our synth our synth side when we when we sort of. Right from more of a synth side than a yeah. than a bass side, so yeah. it's the it's the two thrown in together, and we the song was always uh, has actually won an award, actually won the best alternative best alternative artist best alternative artist award, so yeah. it actually has won an award as well for for that. So this is probably the uh, the other side of, of what we do, which is still when you hear it, you kind of go, well, I can I can still still see where you're coming from, from <laughs> and you can tie the two together. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you're keeping me on the edge of the seat. Which song is it? Oh, sorry. Tell me. Fi- Tell me. Fist, fist in my pocket. It's fist called. in my pocket. Yeah. Let's play it now. Thank you for coming in, and we'll go uh, to Fist in my pocket by Supermassive. Thank you, Thanks, Martin. Martin. Thank you.
Yeah, you just heard an extended interview with uh, Supermassive there. It was uh, well, Supermassive fun to have them in the studio, and it's always really nice to be able to have a uh, have an interview, have a discussion about music where uh, you know it, it ranges across such a wide variety of topics, even though it's all about music. But you know we discussed about the relative sounds of kick drums and we talked about crowd rock and we talked about synths and it was really really good um super massive check them out because they are wonderful you can get their tracks on bandcamp of course and go to bandcamp support them buy some of their tracks um and watch the video as well of, uh, i like it it is hilarious and as you heard in the interview uh, it is winning awards uh, the world over now you're listening to liquid sunshine on the face radio my name is marta flot and during the interview with supermassive uh, you heard them talk about the band uh, machine gun fellatio as well uh, i'm going to play a couple of track of machine gun fellatio too um, Australian band of the early 2000s um, that well left a lasting impact. Um, again, it's not really dance music. It's not really synthy, poppy, uh, rocky kind of music. It's it's a mix of absolutely everything, and that is a nice thing of listening to Supermassive too. They are unique in their sound. They really are. But this is Machine Gun Fallacia with their track Roller Coaster. Oh, 
to toast you in a big four-poster bed.
This is, uh, what is this? Is this funk? Is this soul? Is this, oh God, it could be anything. Uh, it's a really good mix of sounds. That's what it is. And we're going to continue with these kind of sounds, with the weird mix of sounds. Like the next one I'm going to play, it's a, it's a favorite cover of mine because it, it just goes so overboard in what it does. And it's um, when you listen back to it, you know, it's not really quantized, as in it stays on the beat very well. The sound is not fantastic, but there's so much energy in this track. Uh, this is Dennis Mobley and Fresh Taste with Superstition.
Thank you. 
shout out to uh, Supermassive who were in the studio with me. Talking about music and opening doors to all these new types of new disco music or old disco music or just music in general. This is Material and Nonna Hendrix doing over and over and is this disco, is this funk? This dance music, well, yes it is, but in a very different way. So they chat, um, uh, my chat with them has opened up this whole um, array of music that I haven't really explored in the um, uh, in the Liquid Sunshine Discotheque as yet, but I can feel a disco not disco show coming up in the very near future. I'm playing, well, these kind of awesome or tracks. This is laid back with White Horse. <laughs> We're talking about synthesizer bleep and bloops. Oh yeah, this is it. You're listening to Liquid Sunshine on the Face Radio.
Oh my god, I love that track. White Horse by Laidback. And it's got all those good goodies in there, you know. Odd sounds, good driving beat. And it's also really, really slow. But actually, it's not really slow. It's still 123 BPM. Um, yeah, very, very good stuff. Now, we're almost at the end of end of the radio show this week. You've been listening to Liquid Sunshine with me, Martin Flott, on the Phase Radio, the soul of Brooklyn, coming to you every week from 10 to midnight on Tuesday night. That's Brooklyn time, of course, NYC. A little bit different in Australia, where we're broadcasting from. Yes, we're coming from the heart of Australia straight into the soul of Brooklyn. I'll be back next week with more goodies. I think we're going to do a recap of um, well, of, of next year. Maybe, you know what, maybe we do a summary vibe kind of show. Good stuff anyway, <laughs> of course. If you like this kind of stuff, connect with me on the socials or even better, Send me an email, liquidsunshine at thefaceradio.com. And if you like the Face Radio or Liquid Sunshine, support us. Go to the website and become a supporter of the Face Radio. Or you can even become a supporter of Liquid Sunshine. And if you do, a shout out to you every week. Like I do to Dan and Tash in Bali great supporters of the show and the super break boys john and costa in australia also great supporters of the show oh yeah all right time to finish up with a weird french t- track ario bigassi it problems d'amour don't forget to tune in next week Stay with it on the Face Radio. Turn up to the podcast too, because, well, you can.